Welcome to the Fit Femme Project Alignment Podcast. It is here that we cultivate and gather all who have been through it in fitness, relationships, careers, lifestyle changes, and unforgettable crucial life pivots trying to achieve their most sovereign selves. We're here to provide you with thought-provoking, detailed stories and information from truly fascinating men and women from all walks of life, professions, generations, and modern-day sagas who speak to their rawest, darkest moments that made them the strong, decisive, humble, helpful, healing people that they are today. We ask them to hold nothing back because life is a multi-dimensional pursuit to be stronger, healthier, and more aligned mentally, emotionally, and physically. Let's go. FFP fam, we are back with another incredible episode for you today. Thanks for listening as always. But this week I'm interviewing Deanna Merlino. Deanna prides herself in being a committed wife, present mama, and multi-passionate entrepreneur offering all-encompassing healing and expansion. With a previous background as an elite personal trainer focused as a sports nutritionist and transformation specialist, she is now affectionately referred to as the empowered coach. Deanna has evolved into a keynote motivational speaker, best-selling published author, host of the Empowered with Deanna Merlino podcast, an intuitive life coach and healer, as well as an energetics mentor to professionals and entrepreneurs. Her calling is to help people awaken to and live their lives as their highest selves. She is the creator and CEO of the Empowered Academy, a globally recognized training provider of transformational accredited online courses, the Empowered Emporium, an online healing membership and community, and co-owner of the Empowered Collective, providing in-person spiritual retreats. I had so much fun talking with Deanna. She is definitely a new friend of mine and of the pod, so she will most likely be back on with us in the future. Enjoy! All right. Well, again, thank you for joining me. Um, I'm so glad we got connected. So tell me, I wanted to ask for the people because we do have a mutual connection. How do you know her? <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know Casey personally, personally, but right. I um, competed for several years. And one of the companies that I became an ambassador with, Angel Bikinis, uh, she is an athlete through, or was, I'm not sure if she still is. I think she is. Um, and so when I was like aspiring to be an IFBB pro, I was always like, I want to be like Casey one day. <laughs> so it was so funny when you were like, you can also interview with the other people involved. And when you said the name, I was like, like the same Casey, like, is this the same person? <laughs> and so I went and stalked. I'm like, oh, it definitely is. So what a small world, like what really are the chances small. of that? Yeah, I had to jog her memory a little bit. And when I sent her your Instagram, she's like, oh, my God, what a throwback. <laughs> Literally, like, it's just so crazy. Because, again, they did. And I want to say that was back when they had first kind of started with um, mm. launching their suits. So everyone who was involved was very familiar with each other. Like, we knew all the different people. It was so small like, and intimate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is like, I have chills just thinking about it because it's just so <laughs> random. I do love small world stories for sure. Um, where she is still, sorry, I live by a really busy street. If 
It's really annoying. <laughs> I am uh, like not used to stuff like that. I mean, I get annoyed <laughs> when like a car drives by. That was like a full blown siren. Well, yeah, that's actually not as loud as it could get. Um, <laughs> anyway, but she is still with Angel uh, Bikinis, and we're actually doing a show for them in June. Oh, how cool. Like, she wants us to – should I even talk about this? <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> like, I'm sorry from that. We're going to skip that part. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's like headlining or something. I don't know all the right verbiage. But, yeah, she, all in all, she's still working with them, and they're great from what I've been told. <laughs> That's incredible. How cool. Yeah. Um, did you become a pro or did you just get out of it? I honestly just stopped. Um, so I made it up to the national level. I was doing really great. Um, I even won an overall title in one of the shows that I was doing. Like I loved it. But at that time, I was also in the police academy and was just kind of going down that road. Oh, I have stories for days. I've gone in every direction you can humanly oh, think of. Man. Um, and it was like I was trying to compete. That was actually when I went to nationals while also being in the academy. And it was so strict. It was like militant run. It was like you eat at this specific time, you drink at this specific time and nothing else. So it was obviously really hard to prep when I was in school, eight plus hours a day. And so I just was like, you know what? It's just not the time. And then I just everything changed from there and it just was no longer like the focus of my life. I had dedicated so much right. to that lifestyle, which is so strict um, that I decided that I just wasn't called to living that way anymore. I became far more intuitive and being intuitive. It was like, that's not what my body is asking for right now. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Which actually kind of leads to my first question for the people. What led you to basically where you are today in your work and your life? the whole deal. If you have great yeah. stories, I love stories. <laughs> <laughs> and I have time. So I will share as me many too. stories as you want me to. Um, it actually is the perfect segue because I, at the time, um, was in a very abusive relationship. And that's actually why I got into the police academy, like subconsciously. Anyhow, I was at that point, I was like, I'm going to help people who are in this situation. I want to put away to the bad guy, even though I was like somehow not aware as to how bad my own situation was, I guess, you know? And, um, so I ended, it actually wasn't just to kind of make that a longer story. I didn't realize how bad of a situation that I was in until we went through the domestic violence portion of the police academy. And it was like a long, mm. like a super long section. And I just remember they were like talking about all the different forms of violence and like the different signs. And I was like, holy shit. I, oh my gosh. that's me. Like I have chills. Like it was this weird thing. Like I had no idea how bad it was until it like wild. put it on paper. And I was like, wow. Okay. And I literally was, I just, I had tried to leave several times, but it was in that moment. Like literally I was like, I'm leaving. Like I'm done. I, this is not the life for wow. me. I'm not. And I did, I ended up leaving. Um, but anyhow, to to fast forward, now one of the massive components of what I do is energy healing and coaching. And um, I, when I decided that I wasn't going to be a police officer through a whole other 
road of things, which we can totally dive into if you want. (laughs) Um, It just became very apparent that that was not the path for me. And so it was one of those things where I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew that I was being called to help people. Um, But turns out the universe had different plans for me. It was not going to be in that way. And now looking back, I'm so grateful because, Mm. yeah, what I have been helping people, yes, but this is just a much more deeper uh, transformational way per se, like helping them heal from the things they've been through, not just pulling them out of the situation. Um, both have their space obviously, but moral of the story, I've been through a lot of things and (laughs) I needed the healing and realized that in my own healing that I was called to help other people heal. How long ago was that? Uh, that was in 2016, um, that I was in the police Academy. So yeah, we're like, which, Again, now that we say that, like eight years ago, that's a whole lifetime ago. That's that's a whole different world. Um, but yeah, it's been eight years since I left that whole situation. And I started doing energetic healing in the middle of COVID, like when the whole world shut down and we were locked away. <laughs> um, and it's kind of one of those things where I think a lot of people had an awakening of sorts at that time because – yeah. We're trapped in our homes. We have nowhere to go. We have nothing to do. The world is falling apart and you're just stuck to stare at all of that (laughs) while trapped in your own four walls. Um, So it's kind of one of those things where it's either going to break me or I am going to like look at all this and do what I have to do to walk through it versus just let it just crumble me. What was that process like? Um, it was messy <laughs> as it, as it should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anyone who says it's not messy, either you're just like, um, a very, you're not doing it right. Yeah. You're, you're either not doing it right. Or you're like just a very, you're a unicorn or something. Because, yeah. Um, for me, it really looked like, so my parents watched the news 24 seven. They've always oh. been that way. I really haven't, but like, uh, it was at that point time where I was like holy crap I cannot watch the news this is terrible it's eating my brain it's like literally I fell into this deep depression I fell into this just like un I felt so out of control like obviously the world was just in shambles and it was like I can't do anything about it I but it was just like doomsday you were trapped in doomsday right and so I actually hit this rock bottom where I was just super depressed because I'm in New York State so at that time, like when they shut down, they shut down hard. And oh, to like yeah. to backtrack this just a little bit, I had decided to jump into the world of entrepreneurship three weeks pre-COVID. I <laughs> left my full-time job. I left the benefits. I left the re- retirement package. And I'm like, I'm going to bet on myself. And then the whole world shut down. And I was like, <laughs> what did I just do? Right? I mean, like, not to laugh at you. Would you have kept I, that job if you – if you stayed with it through the whole COVID thing, would you still be working? I would have still had that job. Like, yeah, I like, it still would have been going. Um, I was miserable. So I would have left eventually. It's one of those things where like, I just wasn't meant to be there. So I would have left anyhow. But in the moment I was having this like existential crisis of like, what did you do? (laughs) You just destroyed your whole world. And now we're trapped. And so at first it was like slow the curve for two weeks or three weeks or whatever it was. And I was like, this is great because I've been a chronic overworker my whole life. 
So I was like, this is cool. Three weeks to do nothing. And then I realized like, this is not three weeks to do nothing. It was just like extended shutdown, extended shutdown. And I had jumped into personal training. So the gyms were shut down. And so I had no light at the end of the tunnel. So I was just pure depressive. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. I was sleeping on the couch. Like I was barely making it to bed. Like I just could not peel myself and like pick myself back up Um, for like three weeks. It was about three weeks. And then all of a sudden there was just, I heard my intuition clearly for the first time. Like we all have it. It's all there uh, for all of us, our whole lives, but we're so used to not listening to ourselves that eventually the voice becomes quieter. I mean, imagine being in a relationship where you're not listening to your partner, right? And they're just like, well, I'm just going to stop talking because you're not listening. Uh, (laughs) So it's one of those things. That's a good example. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And it's, I just, I don't know. I, I, it was just where it was like, you have two options. You're going to let this destroy you and you're just going to accept it for what it is. And you will be at the mercy of this timeline, this process. You'll let it chew you up and spit you out, or you are going to take control where you can, and you're going to find a way to pivot and you're going to pick yourself back up. And you're going to see that this is not about what is happening to me. It's about what is happening for me. And it was just like a light bulb moment. And so I just decided to pivot and just go with the flow. And now here we are four years later. (laughs) It's incredible what those hard self-love talks that you have Mm -hmm. with yourself, how far they go. I have them all the time. (laughs) Just gotta, (laughs) you know, give yourself a little tough love, a little pep talk, like what the F are you doing? Like Mm -hmm. get your mind straight. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. those like conversations with yourself. That's amazing. Well, here's the thing. You have to have them, right? Because no one else is going to do it for you. It knew. You got to be your own grandma. Is that the good one? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Either way, I mean, in my scenario, I think I'd pick mom. But yeah, like whether it has to be your grandma (laughs) or your mom or whatever, like you need to give yourself that tough love because I think that's a lot of where people give their power away is we're waiting for someone to come save us. Oh, yeah. No one's coming to save us. It's, it's up yeah. to us what we choose to do with our circumstances. Absolutely. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've definitely had a lot of those over the years. <laughs> we all do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I would like to focus on a little part of what you talk a lot about in your work, how mm-hmm. to take inventory of your energy, which I love that phrase. <laughs> I've never heard mm-hmm. it put that way. So it's kind of based off of what you we've already been talking about. That's mm-hmm. something that you had to go through personally, right? And yeah. you teach it to the people, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And I think that's where success is based from when it comes to whatever it is we're teaching or whatever it is we're offering or whatever it is we're speaking. That is why we have tough times. That is why we have tough lessons because you have to be able to sort yourself out. You have to be able to find your own way out of things, to find your own answers. And then when you do, you're supposed to reach back and help the person who is going through it. Like that's why Mm -hmm. I truly believe we have tough times to decide if you're going to make your way through, make it through and then help the next guy. And so with me, I... I always kind of knew I was super intuitive, which again just means very sensitive to energy, very in tune with your own and other people's energy. 
Um, but it wasn't, I'm trying to think like when I really became aware, actually, I know when I became aware and it has to do with my son, it was when I was trying to get pregnant and when I got pregnant and we can talk about that story if you want to, I have all the stories. Um, (laughs) but really it was me realizing like how sensitive I was to energy and how I needed to be so mindful. We all do, but like so mindful of my environment, who I'm surrounding myself with, who I'm inviting into my world. Um, And I think a really good gauge of, again, like checking in on that for yourself is, are you feeling lit up? Are you feeling energized? Are you feeling like you're in flow and alignment? Are the creative ideas coming to you? Are you just like going with the flow? Or are you feeling drained? Are you feeling like you don't have a purpose? Are you not feeling motivated? Are you feeling like I have to do this, not I get to do this? Are you just no matter how much you're sleeping, no matter how in, like on point you are with your nutrition, with going to the gym, there's just something missing? Like that's a good gauge of finding out where you are on that spectrum of am I taking am I being mindful of my energy? Am I taking good care of my energy? Am I in the right place in my life? Right. And I think that filtration process is uh, harder or easier for some people. Mm-hmm. And it can be really difficult and exhausting, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have to put in, I talked about this in an early episode, uh, where if you're trying to learn, right, a new habit or just change your lifestyle, mm-hmm. for example, you have to put in like the new filtration in your system, mm-hmm. in your brain. And it's exhausting because it'll be, you have to question everything. You have to be like, mm-hmm. is this serving me? Is that serving me? Is this helping me? Is this blah, blah, blah. That's exhausting. (laughs) And I think that's why a lot of people might avoid that because it seems counterintuitive or counterproductive, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. It's not easy. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. And that's why our world's a mess. Like if it was easy, (laughs) everyone would be doing it, right? It's not the easiest path. However, it's the most purposeful path. It's the most aligned path. Like putting the work in isn't easy, but the outcome is fantastic. Like you get to reap the rewards of the work you've put in. And literally what you were just talking about, that like filtration process, there's something called neuroplasticity within our brain. I love it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I talk about it all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. And so it's like we need to, the way we've been doing it all this time We need to create new brain routes and it's creating that new habit and pattern and pathway because your, your brain is just like, well, we've always done it this way. You're telling me to go this way. Are we sure we're going this way? Because we could go back that way because that's the way that we, right? Like it's a continual process until eventually your brain's like, okay, we're not going this way anymore. We're going to shut down that pathway. And this is our new pathway. You can do it. Everyone has the ability and no matter how long you've been going one way, you can always go another way. Yeah, you know, speaking of the brain stuff, I I kind of nerd out on that kind of subject. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> One book I'm always talking about is um, the brain that changes itself. Have you read that? I have not. It well, that's what it's called. I was about to repeat myself, but it's by Norman <laughs> Deutsch. But it's it's called it's all about neuroplasticity and just okay. like the studies they've done on it and the stories behind it. It's wild. It's a really good story or a book. Um, but then you know, Dr. Huberman. Yes. Yeah. So he was on a podcast. I don't know which one it was. It was probably Joe Rogan or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about some studies that have been done recently where they're talking about a part of the brain 
that they see becomes bigger or essentially stronger when you do hard things. Mm. It's like he was kind of geeking out about it because it's this whole new study, this new thing that they learned about the brain. It's like when you start to do new things or hard things, really, your brain literally gets bigger. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that wow. crazy? I need, I'll send you that little clip because I sent do. it to one of our coaches. It, it's pretty crazy. And I talked about like how not to get down a rabbit hole, but love when... me a good rabbit hole. <laughs> Wait, I just lost my train of thought. But, oh, yeah, here it was. Um, When I started, this is why I nerd out about the brain stuff, is because when I started to learn about just how my brain works biologically, I was a lot easier on myself when I was doing something unfamiliar or it was hard or I just gave myself a lot more grace when I'm going about something that was unfamiliar. I'm like, oh, it's fine. And my brain is just creating a new connection literally so it's gonna take some practice Mm -hmm. to get through it and so when I'm creating a new lifestyle like in the health and fitness genre if we will Mm -hmm. it is hard even though the the things that you're doing like drinking your water doing your steps those are essentially easy things to Mm do but they're hard to (laughs) see what I'm saying. Absolutely. When we're learning something new or doing a new habit or all that, we're essentially toddlers all over again. Like imagine a toddler learning to walk. It is not an immediate process. You have to fall down, get back up. But we have to be, we should be more like toddlers in the sense of a toddler just doesn't go, you know what? I fell down. I'm never trying that again. (laughs) What do they do? They just keep going. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need to be. And I, that's one of the things I love about motherhood is they are such mirrors and they are such little teachers that like, I truly like when I sat and I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't know the, I don't even know the proper terminology for this. I am a stay at home mom, but I also work. So like, I'm just a mom who works from home. I don't know. But like it's I'm with him. I'm his primary caretaker throughout the day too, alongside entrepreneurship. So I'm watching. I specifically chose to do that so I could watch all the first. I wanted to be here for all of the first. Is it? It's not easy doing all of it, but like it's (laughs) worth it. And he has been such a teacher to watch him learn the world, literally learn the world and watch like his little brain just piece things together little by little. It's the most magical, beautiful thing to watch, but it's encouraged me so much. Like if that little human can do that <laughs> or have that happen and then get back up and do it again, how could I not like how, what an excuse, <laughs> like yeah. it's so motivating. Yeah. Um, I, I get that. I, I'm not a mother yet, but being around my nieces and nephews, it's just, you forget, especially since I'm not around it all the time. I just forget how much they, they don't know literally. And I see them like my niece or my nephews will be like, in, they all live in Nebraska and I'm in Tennessee. And they're like, is Tennessee in Nashville? And I'm like, no, Nashville's like, it's just so cute. Like seeing their little brains. Anyway, that's another rabbit hole. I could go down. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, but to get kind of back on track with the um, brain stuff, taking inventory. Yeah. Well, brain stuff, which <laughs> goes along with the little subject. But as far as like energy goes and taking inventory of that, I really do like this subject because it's. I feel like it's a lifelong process, mm-hmm. and I've seen myself personally evolve over the years <clears throat> and see like one how my mother raised me and how goddamn thankful I am for the things that she's taught me in terms Mm. of this subject. What she taught me was, um, I have three older brothers and 
people, other girls thought they were cute, right? I don't get it. But <laughs> they would <laughs> they would use me to get closer to them. And my mom, 13 mm. years old, she's like, Caitlin, I want you to understand that they might they can be your friend, but understand their motives and stuff like that. So she taught me at a pretty young age how to like really filter people. Mm. And now um, when I see my friends or acquaintances surround themselves with who they actively know are shitty people that are actively holding them back, I'm like, I'm so glad. I've never had anybody in my life like that. If I did, mm. they're immediately gone. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was really thankful for that. Um, but still, then again, it's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this subject, you really could split it up into two groups of people, right? You have mm-hmm. the starting out with the one group, the ones who cannot stop, who are asleep to their... Um, their body signals, they can't slow down, they can't relax, and they fail to realize how low their battery is. So how do you coach or talk to people in that kind of group? Yeah, and I will, real quick though, I want to like tap on one thing that I said a lot, yeah. (laughs) I want to applaud you for having such strong boundaries because most people do not have that. Like good on your mom for teaching you that, that's amazing. And there is literally talking about getting like geeked out and sciencey stuff. There are literally studies that have shown that the thoughts and behavior and the emotions and all the stuff of the people around you literally dictates how you function. Like it's not like there is the age old saying like your chances of success are based on the five people around you, that kind of thing. Right. But there is literally a study where a scientist took uh, rats and decided himself like he was doing this master study on the lab technicians like on the scientists and he took some rats and he told the scientists these are dumb rats literally labeled dumb rats on the cage oh. essentially and then also put these are the smart rats and there was nothing different between the rats like okay. he was just there was they were the exact same rats came from the same family whatever so the scientists are like okay cool so they're doing the same test on both of the the rats and when the study is done the rats that were labeled dumb and the like actually really did score poorly on all the tests and the rats that were labeled smart really did score smart on the test and what they found out was because the lab technicians were dealing with the rats in a way where they're like, these are the dumb ones. These are the smart ones. Oh man. It literally like curated these rats to act that way. So like, uh, it is so important that we are mindful of the environments that we are around. And like, even if like, I've had to take it one step further because I really am mindful of my friend group, but there's still some of my friends that I really don't plan on not being around who are very negative. Like they, not even negative, but they love to talk about drama. And <laughs> at first it was just me being like, I won't partake in it and it is what it is. But what I realized was that's not good enough. Like I literally cannot surround, I have to leave the area if they're talking about it because that negative energy will still be in my field and that drama will still be drawn into my field just because I'm around it. Like not partaking is not good enough. Like I just want to drive home Mm. how powerful what we're surrounding ourselves is or surrounding ourselves with really is to us. Um. It's really crazy. But back to your actual point there, 
before I dive into those two groups, have you heard of human design? Do you follow human design? Do you know anything about it? I have heard of it. Look yours up. (laughs) It will change your life. Literally. like. So I say this because that's how I deal with my clients. I mean, there's other stuff, which we'll talk about. Right. Okay. Did you have a question? No, I was just, it was jogging my memory. So it's, it's coming back to me. Yeah. Yeah. So like there is something called human design and some people don't know about it, but when I tell you it was the defining factor in changing my business, like I literally, and my relationships, I fully like, I will say human design changed everything for me. It's free. You literally just have, you have to know your birth time, your birthday. It's kind of like astrology where like you put in your name, your birthday, when you were born. And it's based off of multiple things. It's based off of the placement of the stars via NASA when you were born. (laughs) And then it's based off of the chakra system, which I don't know if you know anything about chakras, but they're the energy centers in our body. And then it's based off of like a bunch of stuff put together. And it's essentially like our fingerprint. Like there are no two people whose human design specific layout is the same, but it gives you a full blueprint of yourself, how Mm. you're supposed to operate, how you know when you're in or out of alignment with your energy, how you know what environment you're supposed to be around and not. It even can dial down deeply into exactly what kind of nutrition you should be using. Like it literally is a literal blueprint for yourself. And so I say that because when I'm, and I actually don't teach human design, but I'm so obsessed with it that I think I might learn because it's something that I incorporate into all of my clients' stuff. Um, Like I just search it up for them and then I'm like, here you go. Like you need to know this. But I think like at this point I should probably just learn it, uh, like get certified in it. But essentially like, cause I am that first person. I am the person who works okay. way too hard, does way too much stuff. And so the uh, outside of human design, cause the first thing is like, I am a projector and what's called a projector. And for me, I have learned that as an entrepreneur or in all things, but my alignment sign of like how to be successful is to wait for the invitation. So with that being said, that's, I used to be a network marketer and I left the network marketing world, even though I was very successful in it, because what do they teach you? They teach you how to reach out to random people who you do not know and you cold DM them and all that stuff. And even when I did it, even though I was successful, I knew without knowing, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Like this just doesn't feel good to me. But I literally, like, I was actually living out of alignment 24-7 because I'm supposed to wait for people to come to me. I'm supposed Mm. to be the billboard where I'm like, hey, this is what I have to offer. These are my skill sets. And if you want them, I'm here. And so every single type has their own. So all of my clients, I suggest that they go find out their human design because it will tell them how to go about life. Wow, okay. It's really, really powerful. And so outside of human design, when I'm dealing with the person who just like is go, 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 does not slow down, does not take inventory of their energy, there is a serious limiting belief running there. And that's where I come in. I Mm. get to the root of what's causing you to be this way. And so to use myself as an example... My parents were entrepreneurs. My dad literally, he was a developer and he built uh, buildings and houses and neighborhoods and all this crazy stuff. And he just built everything. And he would literally 
be gone for the workday before I woke up and came home from work before or like when I was already asleep. So he was like, go, 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 worked all the time, was very successful, did very well, but had this belief that you have to work really hard in order to be successful and there's no other way. Mm, yeah. And so, right. And so That's how I, I grew up too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so when you grow up seeing that, what mm-hmm. do you do? You perpetuate that behavior. And it's because to get nerdy again, our subconscious mind is essentially a sponge until we're seven, eight-ish years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything that happens up to that point, we take as truth. We take it like hand to Bible. It is what it is. There, That's, that's just what the world is because you told me that and I saw that. And so we're essentially walking around with that eight-year-old subconscious and those are the patterns and behaviors that we're playing out in our life. And that's just one. We've learned a lot of things from our parents in our <laughs> lifetime, right? So oh, yeah. I help my clients get to what is the, it's almost like a computer with a program running. What is the program that's currently running and where can I help you update it? Oh, that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know a couple of people who are in this category and um, we're always like, just sit down now. And they like... What really bothers me about people in this category, (laughs) (laughs) even though, like, uh, I I honestly see myself as a mix, but I've definitely had periods in my life where I, like, was grinding. Mm -hmm. Um, But what really bothered me about people in this category are the ones I wear it as a badge of honor. Like, Mm -hmm. I got four hours of sleep last night, and I ran four miles as soon as I woke up. And I'm like, like, I've been around people like that. And I'm like... Mm -hmm. I'm not impressed. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> like, and I mm-hmm. think like what, well, this might be blunt, but I think like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but you're so right. And so what's yeah. happening is that's how they gained validation as a child though. They were yeah. likely the child who they got validated when they got good grades all the time. They got validated when they did really good at sports. They got validated for they were probably in multiple sports at one time, doing all the stuff with school, doing all this and all the, here's this young kid doing that. And the teachers are like, wow, Penny, I'm so proud of you. You got straight A's and you went to ballet after school and then you went home and did your Bible study. And then like, and as a child, then you're like, oh my goodness. Okay. So this is how this is it. I this receive is, yeah. love because we are built to need love. And in our child brain, we think that that validation is love. And so then our subconscious thinks if we don't, cause we need love to survive literally yeah. like a baby could be perfectly healthy in the hospital and if there was no parent to take care of it that baby could die like they love is a literal necessity for I know it's 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 heartbreaking right yeah and so our subconscious which is here to keep us safe is like okay if we don't get love we'll die so we and obviously we're not consciously walking around thinking that but that person then went through life thinking if I don't do this I won't be validated and your subconscious is saying if I don't do this I won't get love and we will die so it's just like it goes so deep. Yeah, it really does. And in the Enneagram, we call those type threes. <laughs> mm. You know the Enneagram? I do. And I think I'm an eight or a nine. An eight or an I don't. When I heard about it, I was like, this is so cool. And yeah. then I heard about human design. And I was like, this is cooler. So I yeah. just kind of like it just like dropped off. But I want to say I'm an eight. Yeah, I'd, I'd catch that vibe. I'm an eight as well. 
okay mm-hmm. and so okay, is Casey uh, but when I discovered the Enneagram, it was the same thing where my mind was just like, my, my world finally felt complete. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm okay being me, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> anyway, that's another our, rabbit hole. <laughs> seriously. Our eights, the people who like want to stand up for everybody and they're like, I'm trying to think of like all the other things, but I remember they're being called like, the challenger and they, yes. the healthy eight, um, will, uh, support the underdog like they uh, yeah, will bring me. up the, yeah yeah uh-huh and you'll you'll die for the people who deserve to die be died for yeah yeah, yeah. I, I knew what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean yeah okay yeah Simon yeah me. yeah oh okay great I figured <laughs> a lot of people in the bikini world are there's a lot of similar there's a lot of commonality with the types mm-hmm. in the bikini world and eights and threes are a lot of them in ones as well. So, and, you know, speaking of our subject, it's funny cause I believe my mom to be, I'm not positive on it, but I believe my mom to be a type nine and type nines are called the peacemakers and um, being an eight, that is still an essential part of my personality because I lean toward that personality side in certain situations to help me become successful in that moment or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but my mother, one thing that she also taught me growing up was to live my life with what makes me at peace. Mm-hmm. And like being an eight, I love to turn shit up. I love to <laughs> crack some skulls, you know, so I've had to learn, <laughs> I've, I've had to learn that, but it always stuck with me that if this isn't bringing me peace, then I'm not. And sometimes I had to learn if it did or didn't by going mm-hmm. through it. No one can tell me what to do. I have to figure it out for myself mm-hmm. and I'm okay with admitting that you are right or wrong. Right. But I need to know myself, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm so curious. I when you look up your human design, I want you to tell me what you end up being. I'm just okay. looking so I make sure that I get it right. Um, because okay, so my son is a manifester, and okay. that's some their core thing is like you cannot tell them what to do. You they're gonna have to learn, and then you just have to like hold space for them to do it. Um, and if you are gonna tell someone, like hey, probably shouldn't do that. It has to be broken down in a way where it's like, it would be better for you not to do this because this is going to happen versus this is going to happen versus just saying, you can't do that. Like, it's going to be bad. Like, it has to be weighed out to have that conversation. Don't treat me like a child. Tell me why. And it's so funny. I I I, um, growing up encountered a ton of resistance in my life because when I wanted to find out why, I, you know, of course I've learned different techniques in this approach, but it always came off as argumentative or combative. And like, it's just, it is, you just do it. Don't do it this way. Do it this way. I'm like, but can you explain to me the, I always use loading the dishwasher as an example, because it's really (laughs) simple. I'm like, it's going to get clean. If, if I put this on the bottom rack and it'll melt, I'll put it on the top rack. That makes sense. But I don't care how it goes in there. It's going to get clean. Mm. But there's some people, that's the hill they'll die on, and I don't get it. Oh, my (laughs) husband's like that. And I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I know. Anyway, (laughs) hashtag personal growth. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, anyway, so the next, the other group would be Mm -hmm. the 
essentially the opposite, which mm-hmm. I have experienced this before. And I think a lot of people do, but um, those people that have a hard time being that self-starter or are always tired or can't find their energy or harness that kind of motivation. So how do you go about with coaching that group? With that group, I would say one of the biggest things is first finding out their human design. Again, like it's important for everyone, but the people who are feeling so out of sync, so just like off, something is draining your energy. And so like another thing with human design is it will tell you how you will feel and know that you're in alignment and how you'll feel and know that you're not for example. And like, we all process things differently in our body. There's like different centers. So so depending on what someone has called, what's called open or closed is how they process energy. And so I'm able to look at that chart and if they're out of alignment in some part of their life, I'm able to guide them like, Hey, it's because your career, something's off in your career something's off in your relationship something's off in your what like you can literally look at it and see like this is why you're drained and because we feel that way because something's out of alignment something Mm. is not like you're supposed to be lit up you're supposed to have that energy and something's draining you there is a leak somewhere and so that helps me to find that but then also again I go into how they grew up, what were they taught, what were their beliefs? Because a lot of times, like I'll have clients who, I actually have a client right now that I'm mentoring and I'm also technically coaching her husband, but the husband is that way where he would die on a hill to like, they will be late because he cannot be, like she literally could just try to say, hey, we have to leave in 30 minutes for this birthday party. If she says that to him, he will sit on that couch and not move until two minutes to and then start getting ready. And then they have to show up in two different cars. Oh, like I literally was like, there's no way. Like once I actually like started like working with them and I'm like, oh, no, she's dead serious. Like, but it's because of his inner child wounding that he has with his parents that makes and sense. stuff that he was seeing in his relationship. So he is like, you cannot tell me what to do so much that he would literally like with the world's simplest thing, he will self-sabotage himself into well, like, he doesn't care what falls apart as long as, well, no one told me what to do today. Oh so like, <laughs> but he doesn't, he doesn't see that. He yeah. doesn't see that. Like, I was the one who pointed it out why he was being that way. So it would make sense. And mind you, they've been together for 20 years. So it's not like, like they've been making it work somehow, but <laughs> it's just like, this doesn't have to be that way. Let's work on that and walk through that and like heal some of these things. And wow. when he, when we do do this work and when he is aware of it, cause some of it is just shifting it from your subconscious to your conscious. Cause once it's in your conscious, then you can choose what you want to do with it. And so once I pointed it out lovingly, And in a very careful process, because again, you can't tell him what to do. So it's very, you have to navigate it properly. He was like, I didn't realize I've been doing this my whole life. I didn't realize why I was doing that. And now I can make, like, I, like, why wouldn't I just listen to my wife who's trying to tell us we need to be on time for the birthday party? She's not trying to control me or hurt me or whatever, right? And so when someone is just like, not motivated, not wanting to do it, not feeling called, we need to look at why, because that's not natural. Yeah. 
you know, so just looking at the environment and looking at the, the limiting beliefs that are the programming that's running. Right. And I think that, you know, applies to our listeners who, and we're more on the health and fitness, you know, niche. Mm-hmm. That's why I wanted to have you on today because this, these simple things like, why wouldn't I drink my water? We know mm-hmm. I could be you know, 400 pounds and know exactly what to do to be healthier and lose weight. But why don't I do it? And that's Mm -hmm. probably the biggest question that we get is like, I know what I need to do, but why don't I do it? And like you said, I've got to ask why. And everyone's answer is going to be a little bit different. Mm I can tell you too, and normally I don't do like an overreaching like this is why, because obviously everyone's different. <laughs> yeah. But when, and I can only say this because I was a personal trainer for years. That's actually why I got into this work because I realized the, the core issue was so much deeper or at least they weren't seeing the core reason. Why they do they want to fit in the bikini? Why do they want to lose this weight, right? Like we need to get to the true why, which I'm sure you're fully aware of. But the the overarching why of like, I'm 400 pounds. I know I need to eat healthier. I know I need to drink more water. I know I need to start walking, whatever. But why aren't I doing it? It's a lack of self-worth. It's a lack of self-value. And it's, again, coming from something that happened in their past, something that happened in their childhood. They somewhere on some, not consciously, right, somewhere don't feel worthy of being healthy, don't feel worthy of feeling good don't feel worthy of being happy in their body. And it could be that, or it could be they did something, something that I'm finding more and more with clients is that they did something within their lifetime that they feel so guilty of, that they're running the subconscious program that I am not worth having a good life. I am not worth happiness. I am not worth a good relationship. I am not whatever it is. Somewhere in there, they have not released the guilt or the shame. And so they will literally, sub, they will self-sabotage their entire life because they just haven't even become aware of or released that guilt, shame, whatever it is. Like there's, there's something at the root. If there, it doesn't matter what yeah. anyone's dealing with in health and wellness and entrepreneurship and relationships. Like if there is something not going right there's something at the root that can be found and can be changed. Amen. <laughs> That's all I can say. All that. It's so true. And again, we like know we're, we're living in a day and age where we're becoming a lot more self-aware mm-hmm. and asking those questions where, yeah. you know, our parents' generation, they're just like, you don't really do that. They were kind of on the brink of it. But yeah, and I grew up in the Midwest where it was just like, you kind of just work and get over it. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't go to the hospital, especially, (laughs) let alone ask. uh, That was my dad. (laughs) I, uh, oh my God, that that definitely was my father and they didn't have um, health insurance when we were growing up. Oh my God, my us either. I used to have, when I was a little baby toddler, grand mal seizures. Like, they're the seizures that you grow out of mm-hmm. as a kid. Mm-hmm. But the first time that it happened, obviously, it was super scary to my mom. And I I was standing on her driveway, concrete, right? She's unloading oh. the groceries. And I just went, bam, onto the concrete. And, like, she didn't know what was going on. <laughs> my poor mother had to just let me ride through it. She wanted to take me to the hospital. My <laughs> test. she'll be fine. <laughs> 
Could you imagine? No, like I literally couldn't. Imagine. I would also punch my husband in the face and say, get out of my way. I'm taking our kid to the hospital. Girl, yeah. I feel you. I yeah. feel it's so crazy. I was just having this conversation with my best friend who I actually do retreats with and I, we didn't have health insurance. And so my parents, like I just never got to go. And again, like my poor mom obviously wanted me to go, but I will never forget the first time I have really bad asthma. Like I would just have to work my way through it, which like, that's literally not a thing. Like working <laughs> your way through an asthma attack is not a thing. <laughs> it was just kind of like left up to fate. Like thankfully I made it through that, but yeah. I will never forget the first time I got severe hives and oh. I, my whole body was just covered in welts everywhere and they sent me home from school and I was like I need to go to the hospital and my dad's like you'll be fine literally made me just sit in an oatmeal bath for like an entire day and I was just like crying and itching and like I didn't sleep because I was crying and itching and he's like we don't have health insurance we have no choice like that was a thing and and to me that's so mind-boggling like I can't (laughs) even like what do you mean yeah yeah, there I, was I, one I, time. I I, I'll say this one last story. It was my <laughs> brother, actually, thankfully. But um, there's times where my mom was like, "No, f you, I'm going to the hospital." Because yeah. my older brother stepped on a rose thorn, and she had a, a rose garden, and so he had stepped on one of them that um, was infected. Like it was mm. a the the plant had like a disease or it's just something. Mm-hmm. Um, and his foot started to change colors. <laughs> And of course, my dad was like, oh, it'll be fine. But it like it started dirt on it. Yeah. And it started to spread like it started to go up his leg. And she's like, I didn't take the hospital. And the doctor was like, yeah, he could have (laughs) died. Oh, my God. I have an older brother because. (laughs) Isn't that funny? It's funny now. Yeah. Funny now. Um, Yes. Not funny now. I do want to talk about moms now that we're kind of on this subject. So um, I do want to speak to them because I feel like moms really are on both ends of the spectrum, especially Mm -hmm. with guilt. They have, you know, the high energy ones, the low energy ones that are just trying to survive day-to-day mom duties are the ones who like, I have to do it all and be all. Is your approach different when it comes to moms or... Um, yes and no. Uh, so with moms, uh, let me first say that I think as society, we love to put like so many labels on people and it could go either way. It could be like moms are just meant to be moms. Like you just, you just go mom. And if that's what you want to do, that's freaking perfect. Like that is amazing. Like, I love that for you. Or there's the other where there's society who expects the the mom to mom plus work plus just be the perfect partner plus be all the things, right? And if that's what you want to do, fantastic. Like if that's, if you desire to be all those roles, amazing. So the first thing is I want them to gain clarity on is like, what do Mm. you actually desire? What, What actually feels right for you? Like taking society aside, taking like family input aside, what do you want? And also, I think one of the biggest things with moms is like, there's there's the side of us who sometimes feel like we can't change. And that's for people in general. But like all, there were so many things I wanted pre-child 
like all these dreams. And then the second I got pregnant, they were changing. And the second I had a baby, it was this knowing that I will never do those things again, not because I couldn't, but because I just didn't want to. And so there has to be this grieving process too of like the old you, the dreams that could have been and never will be, the versions of you that could have been and never will be. Um, So there's that and obviously getting clear on it. But then there's also this like with moms just – Letting them know, like be holding space for them to figure out, again, not not only what they do want and what they don't want, but then guiding them to find out what they want for themselves outside of motherhood, too. Like, yeah, th- it has to be compartmentalized. And I think that's the problem with moms is like no one tells us that you can compartmentalize. There is this belief that it has to be just your ch- child and it has to be just your husband but there's also still you like, Hey, hi, I'm still over here too. And so when it get when you get to that point, it's there's, and when it comes to those two spectrums of the one who is like doing all the things or the one who is, you know, doesn't know how to do all the things is in that spectrum is just reminding them to not allow your why to become your why not. Like, mm-hmm. do not allow child, like being a, or like motherhood, do not allow mm-hmm. having a child be the reason why you don't do something when it should be a reason to do something or don't let it be the reason why you're doing something when it should be the reason why you're not, if that makes sense. Like really just getting crystal freaking clear on what you actually want. And then we can dive into all of the hows after, but that is like the the most important part. I really love that. And a lot of moms are still struggling because I think just the world evolves so quickly because before Mm -hmm. it was so simple. You just weren't Mm -hmm. a stay-at-home wife, mom. Mm -hmm. That's what you did. Mm -hmm. And I kind of look at that and think, oh, simpler times, so much easier, you know? Mm -hmm. But knowing me, I'm definitely, as of right now and how I imagine myself as a mother, I don't think I could be the stay-at-home mom. But again, you know, the second that baby comes out of me, that could all change in an instant, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, I actually, go ahead. No, I, it, you go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just speaking on to what you said, all that you said, it reminded me of a friend that I have who um, desperately wanted to be a mom. She became a mother in her late thirties, but she's very independent spirit and loved to travel. Hey, let's get happy hour real quick. You know, that friend, Mm -hmm. I love her, but she was going for a while through that grieving process because Mm -hmm she had to kind of let go of what she probably thought motherhood was like. And her and I had so many conversations about it. My heart just like, I just like wanted a hugger. Like I can't offer advice. I'm not a mom, but it was just exactly what you're talking about. And whenever we go out and do stuff, she, and this sounds really bad, but she wants to not bring her child with her because she wants to be autonomous like she wants to feel like and I'm like yo no you can bring your daughter like I want you to be able to come and do things and not let your kid like dictate it all you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she's like no I'm gonna figure it out the babysitter's worth the money I'm getting out of here (laughs) Mm -hmm. good for you for like doing that for her because I think there's not enough women who like moms get lost like they oh, just, yeah. they, they become like this forgotten part of society as soon as they become moms. Like, yeah, the friend groups change, like the friendships change, 
but like good for you for still wanting to make the effort to like keep her involved in your world and like the chat like you know what bring your kid they're welcome that's amazing because a lot of people don't do that which is so sad especially when motherhood can be isolating enough as it is um but also I fully stand behind her and saying like when I do get a chance to go out even if it's literally just for dinner or grab coffee. Like I do thankfully have friends who are like, you know, bring Christopher, let's grab coffee where I'm like, no, I <laughs> like, cause you still mom that whole time. Like I want to be able to have a conversation with you. I want to be able to give you my attention. I want to not have something hanging off my body for two seconds. Like just, yes, let me just separate. I will figure it out. I would rather I've gotten to a point. I agree with your friend. I would rather not do stuff as often. Mm. But have a babysitter when I do versus try to do the things and bring my child because it's just not the same. (laughs) (laughs) My mom, she took us everywhere. I mean, she had no choice. I have three older brothers. There's four Mm. of us. So uh, it's a lot. And we went on a lot Mm. of vacations too. My man, I don't know how she did it. (laughs) I think of our parents. And again, it was a totally, totally different generation, like you said. I like my dad came from a a German Romanian side of the family. So not only was there the normal, like, I feel like that age group, just like, we don't talk about stuff. We just pretend this didn't happen. We move forward. That person, our family definitely doesn't do that. Like we're perfect. Like it's just like, we don't unspoken. Right. Yeah. But they took like, took it to the next level of like, it was, it's just crazy. But just thinking of our family, I, I'm curious, like, how were your brain statuses? Like, how were you actually doing? Because same, my parents, my mom would take us, we would go to the mall like every day. That was her, that was her thing of like, she would just window shop and look at stuff. She would take us kids to the mall and not buy anything just to get out of the house, which like good for you. And then our parents would take us on vacations. And I'm like, I'm just not interested in any of, I want to go on vacation to go on vacation. Yeah. Do I want to bring my child on vacation too? But like, we're going to, me and my husband are going to Jamaica in a month and my mom's watching him for five days for us. It's our first, it's our first time away. And we almost went on a cruise so we could take him. And I'm like, no, same thing. Like I don't want to have to mom this whole time. I want to check out and it just be us. And like, we just live our best lives for five days in another country Yes, please. Sign me up. Sorry, I had to mute myself. <laughs> there was a really loud motorcycle. Uh, no, I, I get that. And, you know, I actually interviewed my mom um, several episodes back. I'll send it to you if you want to listen to it. But please do. I want to listen to it. She, she dealt with just quick story. She, um, back then, like obviously didn't have health insurance, but she dealt with a lot of postpartum depression and anxiety. And at one point after she gave birth to my oldest brother, like she had like an intern, a doctor explained it really well. One, one time it was like a a flip got switched, a internal trauma flip chemically got switched inside of her body and she had this massive panic attack couldn't sleep for like four days and ever since then it was just for a 20-year struggle of doctors saying like you're you're fine you're a woman (laughs) I know and she was going through that you know raising four children and so I I wanted to like document her entire Mm -hmm. like story and all Mm -hmm. this time and she went through 
divorce at the time and like it's just it's a crazy story and she became addicted to um sleeping pills of all things like because that's how desperate she was to sleep Mm -hmm. because her body stopped making melatonin and right yeah melatonin yeah Yeah. (laughs) i always get Mm -hmm. that one mixed up with melanin but yeah yeah, so (laughs) it's just you know i I applaud you know our that generation especially who needed this generation to be more successful right Mm -hmm. it had to change something had to give Mm -hmm. do you listen to dr john deloney do you listen to his podcast no i actually don't know who that is Okay, I'll send you, he's based here in Nashville, um, but he wrote a book called The Non-Anxious Life, which I recommend, and he has, he's associated with um, Dave Ramsey, you know who that is, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, and sometimes he'll be on Dave Ramsey's podcast where they do the listener call-ins for like financial advice, but he has his own podcast where people will call in. I think I've seen clips of that, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. And people will call in with like their literal life problems because that's what he's been trained to do. He sits with people who have been, you know, he talks people, his job was like talking people off a literal edge, you know? <laughs> mm. And so I binge his, his stuff all the time. You would geek out over that stuff. And um, yeah, he has a couple books, but oh, speaking of books, I wanted to ask you about yours. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. So your book is called The Empowered Woman's Path, 21 Inspiring Stories of Successes in Life and Business. How did you come about writing that? Yeah. So it's actually a collaborative book and okay. it was literally, so every around the new year, I sit down and I kind of make my goal list. And for the last several years, ever since I got very into energetics and um, realized my gifts, I literally heard you are going to write a book, you are going to become a public speaker, and you need to start collaborating. And at the time, I was like, I always knew I wanted to public speak, but public speaking was my biggest fear. Um, So I was like, eh, not ready for that. Maybe we'll do that later. But when I heard the whole publish a book thing, that never crossed my mind. So I literally laughed out loud. I was like... (laughs) (laughs) that's not a thing I must have misunderstood that but okay I'm like but the collaborating thing I can totally do that and then like no joke a month later there is I had um I her name is Marta Spurk I had her on my podcast prior and we met in a coaching container and she was like I want to launch a book project and we connected on it and she was like yes I want you to write a chapter and so literally within the month that process started and um, it took, it didn't take long, but the book went live over the fall, this past fall, and it ended up launching as a bestseller. And wow. it was on Times Square. It was like this massive thing. It was so much bigger than, it was definitely that moment where I was like, anything is possible. Like oh, I always wow. knew it. I always believed it, but it was that moment of like, literally anything is possible. <laughs> like That's the sky awesome. is the, the absolute limit, but yeah, it was really, really cool. All of the stories are so inspiring. It's women from so many different paths, so many different lifestyles, so many different stories. Um, so it's just really an honor to have been a part of that. And so much keeps coming from it that it's just, it's just really, really awesome. So you wrote a chapter of be- like one of like your story basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what was it? <laughs> so, and actually I kind of talked about 
kind of what we talked about. Um, I My whole portion is about listening to your intuition. And my chapter is called Making Your Pain Your Power. And mm. I talk about my awakening during COVID and how I had to, like how that voice came on and I had to choose, am I going to lay down and die or am I going to get up and figure it out? And just kind of that, that whole journey um, of what that looked like and where I'm at now and how I decided to because I've been through a lot of stuff. I've been sexually assaulted. I've been um, two years of back-to-back abusive relationships. My dad passed away three months postpartum. Talk about postpartum depression. Like I've been through a lot of things. Um, And so every time something happens, it's just, you have a choice. We cannot, we cannot choose what happens to us. We cannot help what happens to us but you can choose to take your power back and do something with it. You can choose your choices moving forward. And that's what I really just want to do with my life is tell people that no matter what has happened to you, you always have a choice and it can be a good one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) That's so cute. I I remember going through that process like um, in the past, I'd say 12 years because I I was also married and not in a good relationship. And I went through that whole growth process. Mm -hmm. The vulnerability process was a huge one, a long one, a difficult one. (laughs) What's another adjective? You get my drift. (laughs) But, you know, it's like when you have those light bulb moments and you realize like, oh, I actually do have the ability to write my own story here. Like, I I can do this. Like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't have to be in this like marriage that I kind of got swept up in. Like, no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, What are some final thoughts you'd like to leave the people? Ooh, um, the first thing that just came to me, because I was like, what am I even going to say? But really what (laughs) just came to me was it does not matter what part of your journey you're on or what your focus is right now, like whether that's wellness, nutrition, exercise, your career, your relationship, whatever it is, they're all interconnected. And so do what you can to uh, make that part of your life so good. Like just pour yourself into it. And that is going to have a ripple effect into every other part of your life. And so I think that's one of the things is like as we're on the self-growth journey, all of a sudden we're like, but I have to fix this part and I have to fix this part and I have to fix that part. And then but there's this and there's water coming out of the boat here and I'm it's exploding over here. Just focus on what's in front of you. And I promise that you will, like, they're all connected and it will improve all of it as you go. And when you feel like you have gotten the one part under control, then you can go on to the next one. But, like, just don't overwhelm yourself and then sabotage yourself into into not doing any of it, right? Like, just pick one thing and focus on that. And also, the last thing I'll say about that is, like, if you are at a certain part in your journey where you just feel like, no matter what I do, there's just something that's not clicking, something that's not changing. Like you really know that you're putting in all of the action steps. You're doing all the right things. That is where I recommend you reach out to someone in the energetic realm, whether it's me or someone else. Because again, going back to those roots, there's probably something there energetically that is keeping you from progressing further in your journey. And yes, can you figure it out yourself? Absolutely. But it's so much easier and quicker 
and a little more painless when you have someone on the outside come in to help you because they're not going through the emotional aspect of it like you are. We have we can look at it from that bird's eye view from the outside and say, hey, actually the answer is right over here, but you can't see it because you're just so like blinders on in the in the pits that you don't see a way out. And there truly is always a way out. So just one step at a time and know you can always ask for help. Oh, I love that. That's so true. My 10-year process probably would have been cut in half <laughs> if I just got a coach. But yeah, it's true. You can do it yourself. And I high, yeah. like super relied on books. Like that, I binged so many books. The biggest one mm-hmm. that changed my life was, um, I'm trying to look at it right now, um, Daring Greatly. Did you ever read that one? No. You know Brene Brown? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's one of her books, Daring Greatly. Uh, it's, it's like her third one, I think it was, maybe second one. But it's all about the vulnerability process and, mm-hmm. you know, standing. There's that big quote by, oh gosh, I can't remember. But she based this quote, her book off of this quote by standing, you know, you're in the, the arena all alone, you know, practically naked and you're the only one fighting while everyone's looking at you and, you know, all this stuff. And that takes courage. Mm-hmm. you know, to do these things, encourages vulnerability. And so she just, you know, her work, obviously, but mm-hmm. that one changed my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, I highly relied on books during that time, because that's really all I had. I didn't have a lot of money. And so if you can't afford a coach, then get to reading. If you don't like reading, get over it. Listen to a, <laughs> honestly, books and podcasts. <laughs> podcasts books and yeah. podcasts changed my entire life. That is like... I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Cause same thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and isn't that kind of funny how that's correlated? You need help, but you don't have the money, but you don't have the money because you need help. Yeah. <laughs> I would have put my fist through the wall if I, you know, several years yeah. ago, like this is so unfair. Like, yeah. This oh, is absolutely. so backwards. Yeah. yeah. It's um, part of, it's part of the growth process. It really is. Um, well, thank you so much. I had such this, we're going to do this again for sure. Yes, like, there's probably, absolutely. We barely touched the surface, I'm sure, right? I have a lifetime supply of stories. <laughs> so if you want another topic, just just hit up your girl and I'm here. <laughs> uh, you can you can bet on that. Uh, so where can people find you? So the biggest place that you can find me is on Instagram. Uh, my handle is the empowered coach. 333. I'm sure you can put that in the show notes too. Um, yes. But that's where I'm most active. I live through my stories. I actually don't post as much as I probably should, but like stories all day, every day. Um, and my website is Deanna, D-E-A-N-N-A, Merlino, M-E-R-L-I-N-O.com. Um, so, oh, and my podcast, I should probably tell yeah. people to listen to my podcast. <laughs> I talk about all this kind of stuff as well. And it's just called Empowered with Deanna Merlino. Um, so definitely plug into my world and follow along with my crazy journeys. Absolutely. Oh, and is there a link you could send me for the, um, oh boy, just, just the, um, I would try and help you, but I have so many links that I don't, I With don't. what you were talking about, the, um, uh, not the Enneagram stuff, the other one that you love. Oh, human design. Jesus Christ. Yes. yes. Is there like a website? If you literally, there's so many, um, okay. but if you literally just type, I, there's one that I'm pretty sure is called myhumandesign.com. Okay. 
Um, there's also a girl, her name is Jenna Zoe. I love her. She is like huge in that world. You can search Jenna Zoe human design and she has, they're all free. You literally can just Google okay, human design and you'll, uh-huh. you'll find one. Um, yeah. All the good stuff. It's it, true. When I tell you like, ugh, brain okay, I'm, ugh, I'm excited. I'm going to do it uh, today. <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. And to everybody else, I will talk at you next week. Thanks for listening to the FFP Alignment Podcast. Please support us by downloading, rating, and recommending us to your friends and family. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Fit Femme Project. That's F-I-T-F-E-M-M-E Project. And for those of you looking to find their essential balance of lifestyle and fitness, book a free consult by going to thefitfemproject.com. That's F-I-T-F-E mme project.com and click apply now until next time this is the fitfem project alignment podcast